Radio. I'm your host, Joe Monday, and this is the podcast where we talk about what's been going on the front page of our Street Fighter and the FGC news in general. I've got a very special guest with me tonight, someone who is a former our Street Fighter sponsored player, Seth Series. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing all right. How are you doing today, Joe? Uh, somewhat less energy than the, the first time we tried to start this thing. <laughs> uh, had Just had a conversation with a... Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really glad that my wife doesn't listen to this because a six, six year old, it's his birthday today. I don't know what number it is. It's either five or six. I'm fucked. You guys, I'm fucked. Uh, But yeah, had got interrupted call from the, well, we had to call him. Anyway, not important. How you doing, man? How are you? (laughs) I'm doing good. It's been a pretty interesting week. Had a... Had the wrestling pay-per-view on Saturday, went to go check out the city on Sunday, and this week's just been really laid back. It's We're real close to the end of the week. I'm ready to relax. I got a couple of projects I'm working on. It's It's been a pretty good week. Word. Um, the, the Venn diagram of people in the FGC who enjoy wrestling is basically a single circle at this point, uh, and we can really pull a lot of things from, the, from, from wrestling uh, and bring that into the fighting game community to make like production a little bit spicier, you know? Oh, I've certainly been stealing a bunch of wrestling gimmicks and using them on stream at our locals. I certainly have not been doing Kenny Omega poses or anything like that. But it, even further into that, like not even just like on screen personas, but like, I mean like literally on screen, I guess I do literally mean on screen personas and that like making someone out to be the bad guy, even when they're actually a total sweetheart. Like uh, we do for the, I mean, breaking kayfabe for a little bit, but like, as it turns out, Mike too strong is he's a teddy bear. He's like the nicest guy you'll ever meet. But in the tournament though, He's a fucking nightmare human. He's a menace to society. He must be stopped. And that, I don't know, it just creates not like not entirely false storylines, but just like, you know, fun little arcs that we can all go on together. But uh, anyway, other than that, though, uh, not exactly what we <laughs> we wanted to talk about at the start of the show. I mean, uh, if you want to have a wrestling podcast, I will absolutely have a wrestling podcast, but we came here to... We yeah. came here on a mission. Yeah, they're kind of a, a separate mission because there's maybe some pressing matters to attend to. But before we really dig into that, uh, because uh, you're, because you are a guest on the show, I like to take some time at the start of the episode. And if you have anything to pitch at all or where people can follow you, now would be the time to, to do it so that they can't avoid it at the end of the show. Hi, yes. So if you want to find me on Twitter... <laughs> Uh, Twitch and YouTube. You can find me at Seth Series MKII, or you know, Smug likes to call it Seth Series Mortal Kombat Two. 
Okay. <laughs> a, a, a thing my scene throws in my face every day. Is there anything that you have, like, that you're working on that uh, you want to send people to or, like, um, any projects or just anything in general that you want to send people to? So I'm currently working on a video essay talking about my experience playing Persona 3 in the year 2019. That is nearing kind of... I finished the rough or the final draft of the script. I'm going into the recording phase after a couple more minor edits here in the next week or so. Cool. And then it's just a lot of video editing and stuff like that. The actual things that I really want to point people to are twitch.tv slash BG Callisto. Every Monday night, that is the Chicago FGC's mainstream. And on Friday nights, you can tw- you can tune into twitch.tv slash spin infinite to catch our Friday streams. You have to double down on the INs, the spin infinite. Yes. Spin infinite. Spin, S- spin uh, infinite. It's not spin infinite. That's nope. something else entirely. No, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to know what that is. That sounds I do like, kinda wanna, I kind of want to pop the brakes a little bit. Uh, was this your first time playing through persona three? Yes. So I have a really weird relationship with that game in particular. Ooh, okay. Or, have, just, or is it the series or just that game in particular? It's, in it's just that game. I okay. I have a lot I have a lot of thoughts about that series in general that this is not the podcast for us to have. He ho. But I've tried to he ho. But I've tried to finish that game about six fucking times over the last five <laughs> years. Okay. And between my Vita getting stolen. Oh fuck, man! Me Vita was such a good system. Shout out to the Vita Switch progenitor. progenitor. It's, the it's, Vita and the PSP are like my favorite consoles. I fucking love those things. They are amazing, wonderful devices. Oh yeah, it, it. Listen, as someone who had a Vita and enjoyed the Vita, that shit was. You were on another level. Like it. Man, like the things that you could play on the go out playing like Luminous, playing Final Fantasy Tactics, all this cool shit, man. You can play Front Mission 3, the greatest RPG yeah. ever made on on the Vita. On the go. On the go. And then it had like some really like you could suspend play, which is fucking oh, wild. It was super great. And then there, you know, you can play Persona 4, you can play Persona 3, you can play Persona 2. You can play Persona yeah. 1. I don't know why you would, but you can. Persona 4 Golden is... That is one hell of an addition. Uh, that is... Uh, that system base That game basically sold me a Vita, and then it just kind of became my go-to handheld because, boy, I'm deeply entrenched in the PlayStation's infrastructure. I... <laughs> you're deeply ingrained into the PS... The PlayStation <sighs> network. You're you're in the network. I, the I really network. am. I I'm in the PlayStation database. Well, I guess I mean I kind of want to pick your brain a little bit about so like gut check on Persona Three and the differences between that and the future games. Let's say because like I I I think I would say that Persona Three is where things really kicked off, and then like Persona Four got everything like r- the ball really rolling in terms of like North American popularity. I absolutely agree. So here's kind of the way I came I came into it because like before this, I have a really love hate relationship with Persona Five. Like I, it took me two years to finish that game because the entire middle part from I'd say, I'd probably say like Makoto's Dungeon all the way to right before the end game starts kicking off. 
Like everything from Makoto to Haru's dungeon is fucking garbage. Hmm. They're badly designed dungeons. The plot is just kind of okay. Hmm. You know, I I, I haven't played five. That's uh, I have not okay. touched it yet. Uh, but I have played through four and three. Okay, I, I I will hop off of five because that is that is one of the easiest ways to get me real angry. Okay, um, <laughs> we'll save that anger for later. So Persona Four was my first game in that, and I, I I adored that game. It is one of my favorites. I have a very strong emotional connection with one of the characters. My old fighting game handle is named after one of those characters' instant kills in Persona Four Arena. Like I loved Persona Four. It is a good game, and I think the problem I had, the problems I have with it now, are how it's thematically aged. Yeah, there are some how, things that don't necessarily track with where we are as a society, let's say. I do agree with that. And I also think that just where society has gone also makes the ending villain of that game's motivations kind of fucking lame. Yeah, yeah. I, like I would that, agree with that, that. That character was... I In 2008, when that game dropped, that character... I could see that being like blowing people's minds with that villain. Yeah. Cause that and... villain is, that villain is just a piece of shit and that is his thing. Right. Which well, I and guess you know, we shouldn't spoil here. Yeah. I'm not gonna. Okay. Sorry. Or name I, I, names I am. Or anything. I am not naming that character. If you have not played persona Four, a play it. It is a good game. Despite all of the things I'm about to say, or the right. things that I've just said about it. Right. But, you know, it, it it's great. It's fantastic. I think it's a wonderful game. Persona 3 is... I played Persona 3 this last year. It is a drastically better game. In yeah, dude. That's the thing that people don't know. I'm, I'm loving that you said that because I was about to slam that shit down. I'm the same way. I played 4 and then I went back to play 3 and I was like, wait a minute. Why isn't 3 the, the, the widely lauded game? This is infinitely better on so many levels. So three is this oh. thing where playing it now in 2019, where I've played the other games, it's kind of, it really is like a decon, like it's both a prototype and a deconstruction of what that series becomes. Yeah. And one of the things I think is really interesting with it is how it handles the relationships with your party compared to the other games. Cause yeah. the members of the members of C's like in the essay I wrote or in the th the video that I'm working on, like, I, the best way I can compare like early on your party member is it's like trying to keep a group of like a group of a group of acquaintance acquaintances together instead of like your friend circle. Like right, there are yeah. weird, there are like small pockets of like people hanging out with each other in the in the party in three, but it really takes like it's not until like the end of the game when like there are pe when people have died and. Yeah, they, like they actual, don't even necessarily like each other, like at all. Yeah, like and like they have come together. They are close through tragedy. There are still like there are still weird little. I would not say that by the end of Persona Three, your party is as close as they are in Persona Four by any means. Like they are not. They are closer than they were when you started. When there were multiple members actively out for each other. Yeah, I mean, Persona 4 is also like a fucking dreamscape friendship Scoop. world. Yeah, it's a fucking dumb Scooby-Doo ass party, and it's 
it, yeah. and even even compared to like Persona Five, which you've which is not fun, played, which I'm is not, fun. Like, like to be yeah. clear, that's fun to have. That. I it is fascinating. It is one of the most interesting parts of that game, and it is something that really drew me to it. And I think the fact that I think one of the things that that game that works for that game is it really makes you work to like build those relationships and bring mm-hmm. people together. Yeah. And when bad shit happens in that game, like that that ecosystem of like these relationships were bad. I worked my ass off to make them better. Like I specifically worked with these two people to bring them closer. The idea like it makes the idea of losing someone or something bad happening to one of your party, which it does in that game. Like yeah. it makes it, it it makes it worse. And it also, especially with how that game is built around what time we have left, it really like reinforces the thematic like it uses the mechanics or the thematics or sorry, the themes enhance the mechanics of right. I need to spend the time with the people I care about the most. Oh, and man, that's yeah, that is such a good dynamic compared to Persona 4 where everyone is still friends. I'm just hanging out with who I want to hang out with more. And like the the other social links that you can form also double down on that. Like, ah oh man, the bookstore fucking Yes, that oh. is that is the one I specifically made sure to finish. It is oh man, that one's real fucking good. Uh, but anyway, it, that's <laughs> we, we it can, is. Uh, we can we can talk about this for, for quite some time. The, la- the last thing I'm gonna say is I hit the <laughs> ending of Persona three and Karen Strassman, the voice actress behind I guess, is that entire last conversation like upset me in the same way that Maria's letter in Silent Hill 2 upset me. Fucking slaps, dude. It is vicious and it is painful and it hurts and it is beautiful and it is such a great moment, but we have shit to do. Oh fuck! I mean, that's a that's an interesting derailment, but uh, I, it is. Because like that, 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 that's the other thing that I think that the FGC can benefit from is that like the people who like fighting games don't just like fighting games. Like we like a whole bunch of other stuff, and to bring other people into the conversation with you know things like Persona Four, things like wrestling can can be good to bring you know can be, it just spreads the word a little bit more. But anyway, and, let's talk about some moderation. We need to talk about. Yes. You know, like all things persona related, uh, we need to talk. We need moderation, <laughs> specifically in chats and specific, more specifically, discords. Uh, so, what in your experience uh, is it like? Explain to me your like general thoughts about Discord moderation. I think the Discord moderation you have to have. It is what sets us apart from like old school mesh. It's what sets us apart from being a being fortune. It's what say it's what sets us and it gives us it helps gives us structure and it it helps like it is the grassroots part of the community building that is incredibly important. And I think that having strong discord moderators and having people who foster these online communities are just as integral to if not as important as our in-life tournament organizers, our in-life community leaders who keep us together. Like, especially now with how much of how much of the FGC is located online. Yeah. You know, and this is something that's becoming especially prevalent with as many events that are getting canceled this year. The online space is yeah. going to become more and more important, especially in the face of pandemics and the face of like everything that we have going on right now. 
Yeah, which we'll we'll talk about here in a minute. It, it I do want to be clear about verbiage and words. Uh, yes. It's not a pandemic. Uh, it is just a widespread virus. Uh, that's that's incredibly fair. I had to attend a words. very long. <laughs> I had to attend a very long training today at the campus I work at that used the phrase pandemic a lot. So that's the thing that's kind of hit me yeah. in my mind. And I do apologize. I no, it, I'm not no here to scaremonger. Yeah, th- there's no need to apologize. It's just that's like you're basically using. Uh, like a colloquialism at that point, not the actual like definitions of terms, which is like fine for conversations because of the way that words work. But you know, just also like, yeah, it, you should be a little bit scared of it. Like, like any kind of flu or things vaccinate your kids. Uh, but it's, it might, don't go crazy, you know, because you might take resources away from people who actually need them. But anyway, absolutely. we're also not here to talk about the coronavirus. No, we are not. And I am the virus. A- We're here to talk about the virus. What is toxic uh, online communication? Absolutely. Spinning it back around, baby. Yeah, we got some segues. Let's go. Uh, so here's just to give you a bit of background. And I'm sure anyone in this show knows that you're the head mod of RSF. Uh, I used to mod the street fighter section of the new challenger discord for those who don't know what that is new challenger is a beginner focused discord that is largely revolving around a wide variety of fighting games however street fighter at the time and honestly i think probably still is the main game in that yeah it was like the first one that they kicked things off with uh like vinegar the the head mod over there who's like again like friend of our like we kind of work in tandem in a lot of ways so there is a little bit of bias on on my end Mm -hmm. with that Known, uh, known Fred Durst lookalike vinegar. <laughs> You're not wrong. I, 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 it would not be a podcast if I didn't. It would not be me talking about this Discord if I a did not sit there and say that I love everything Vinegar does. He is a wonderful, great human being. Yeah. His community has always had my back, has always supported me, and has given me a lot of opportunities that help me get to where I am now. Mm-hmm. But also, that motherfucker looks like Fred Durst. <laughs> 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 all right but moderation in nch though which is actually they are i want to say one of the i don't know if i can say one of the best moderated discords out there because i'm not i'm not out there on discords like a lot i haven't put as much energy into it as i actually probably should have uh but their methods are uh they work let's say they are effective methods of moderation. I, I completely agree. I think that that is one of the best communities to get your feet wet into the fighting game community. Uh, there are a number of people that I moderated with who are still there that I think are beautiful, wonderful people. There are people who directly replaced me on that staff who I think are doing an amazing job and have outshined me in every way. And yeah, I want to go ahead. Ab- absolutely. And that's, that's what that community is built on. It's built on people who want to better their community, especially mm-hmm. with their coaching scenes, with everything else. Like those people are passionate, they care, and I think it is one of the great appeals of that Discord. And I want to preface everything that I'm about to say because it is very important. My experiences moderating that Discord are my own. 
I, I, be, I would not be on this podcast talking good things about that Discord if I did not believe 100% in the message that they have and what they do. Mm-hmm. I am an active member. I post there every day. Like that is what that is my that is it is not my community, but it's a community I value or I see myself as a part of and want to contribute to. And what happened to me and the things that I went through are things that just happened. It is the effect of the time I was moderating, the things I was going through when I was moderating, and just where I was in my life. Hmm. With that all in mind, I, I, I came here, I pitched this because I don't think a lot of people really understand how stressful and how thankless holding up community work is. And oh yeah, that's true of, of most all community work, but I would say especially of these online places where it is, people are more prone to having that anonymous shield. Oh, absolutely. And I, I, I dealt with a lot of it and I dealt with a lot of changing times, changing ways that we talked about people, things that problem users and things that just did not go the way they needed to. And I also want to highlight there are things that I have said and done as a moderator and things that I have said and done immediately after I resigned as a moderator that I am not proud of. There are some bad calls that I made and some bad decisions that I would change if given the opportunity to. Mm-hmm. No, but, I, I can totally relate with that. I mean, I there is a whole other discord that was the discord that we moved to once our street fighter hopped off of the old IRC that I, that we fucked up hard. Like the whole team fucked up myself included. I should have seen it coming. I, but I didn't know I wasn't prepared for like continual chat moderation. I, I just wasn't, uh, but I'm kind of looking back on that time as like with 2020, maybe not with 2020 vision. I think you, I've, you, we just have to, we have to stop saying 2020 vision. It has to stop. <laughs> it's, it's already March and I have to stop saying that, that phrase. Uh, but looking back on our experiences that I, like things that we should have done different in response to toxic behavior. Absolutely. And I, I can, I, like I said, I am not here to name names. I am not going to out any of the people that I dealt with. But there are parts of that community where I should have put my foot in sooner, where there are things that I could have handled better that got out of control. Right. There was a specific user that was a problem that could have been stamped out early, and myself and one of the other mods just kind of... It was a situation of, this person isn't hurting anyone. They're just they're a character they they have a personality and overall they are doing good things and they are helping people and i can realize and accept that and put up with an eccentricity or two because i am eccentric i am a weirdo i have shown up at 3 a.m to drunkenly type the dumbest shit humanly possible in this discord like you do and as you do and I, I am no stranger to how I have put myself forward in the community because a lot of that is a very curated view of myself. But 
that turned into a problem that became discord wide there are multiple discords that that person became a problem in and i feel partially responsible for enabling it that's you bring up a good point of that there are there is a certain type of behavior that someone can have in a a specifically large chat room where i don't want to exactly like say exact exact behaviors let's say to even out some people but uh that are like anti-community in a way that no one person is that important to your community where nipping something in the bud to cut them out is not going to hurt you it's not going to hurt your it's only going to help your community grow because someone being loud doesn't mean that other people are just very quiet it could also mean that they don't feel like they have the space to speak up absolutely and there are people there are cases that i've handled and there are things that i took care of and people that i took care of that once they were gone that it was just like you know i didn't feel comfortable saying something i didn't want to i didn't want to be the problem in the room when it seemed like everyone else was just letting this go by and there are people who when i banned someone or when i put my foot down mm-hmm. you know i got messages in private saying hey thanks Right. And there's two sides of that. There are also multiple times where I made a decision or I made a hard call and I got people in my DMs who are like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, what is your problem? Yeah, how could you have allowed this? Or like, why is this person gone? What were they doing that is different? Why are you holding them to a different <sighs> standard than you have held these other users? And that's... There's a lot of different things that get hit in these conversations. There's a lot of dualities. There's a lot of, there is a lot of gray area until to someone else it's black or white. And it's hard. And it took a, it took a huge strain on my mental health because, yeah. and to be fair, there was part of me that enjoyed this reputation because it made it feel like I was, having an influence in my community, but there are people who knew that once I stepped in, it was here to say, Hey, chill. You know, there was a connotation of me being a problem solver that had positive and negative connotations. And I got, I got called a lot of things. I got called an SJW. I got called, you know, power hungry. I got called, I got called like a lot of really bad names and a lot of my, and my authority got questioned. And, and I kind of want to date the, this time of what years were you active? I was active from, I'm, I'm going to say this in street fighter five seasons because <laughs> that is how my mind has mentally associated it. I was oh, active as a fuck. mod from the end of season two of street fighter five to the end of season three. Okay. So like 17 to, like 17 to 18. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was probably going to say like beginning of 19, but yeah, that makes more sense because that started like halfway through. Uh, all right. So that I think that that dates things appropriately. But even with that, even though that sounds recent, the way that at least that I've looked at moderation and the way that like massive communities have viewed moderation, maybe not all, that maybe they should. Uh, I think has changed dramatically. Like the way that we moderate our street fighter is totally different. Like 
than it was back in 2016, 2017. Like we made a lot of mistakes, specifically the thing that you called out that really rings true. That is uh, very stressful to deal with as a moderator. That just one of the, the side stresses that people don't really think about is that when you do step in to make that call of, uh, this behavior is unacceptable and you have to ban someone uh, because the rightful the right call is to ban them uh, you can immediately be called out by someone out someone else that's like hey man that's fucked up like look like this, that was totally unnecessary and like way overboard you didn't have to ban that person like because I because they might have a relationship with that person or have a history with that person that is like positive or it's like the click that they're in in any kind of particular discord or it could be someone's alt account right <laughs> it could be that same person uh, coming at you and that having that in mind can put it in your head that like Oh, maybe I shouldn't pull the trigger so fast. And then maybe you just give like a temporary ban to the next person. But then that little bit of leeway that you give is like the way, because you've tweaked things a little bit that like unsureness can, I don't know that can like lead to you actually like fucking up royally. Whereas like, you know, you kind of have to hold your ground on that, which is mentally like really fucking hard to do when you have it's people screaming in your ear. It's incredibly stressful. It's incredibly difficult to talk about and it's difficult to approach. Like naturally, there are easy bands and there are hard bands. Someone drops the hard R or someone scams people out of their money. Yeah. You're gone. There is no room for this. Like get out. Yep. But then you have something like what is constituted as toxicity? What is a what is an offensive word by people's metrics? And I can tell you right now, in my this may date, this will probably date a little bit of this too, just to give you an idea. I fought tooth and fucking nail to get people to stop saying a very specific trans slur. I am not going to say that word out loud. All I'm going to say is it is a word that is very common on 4chan and not the not the not the one you can say oh it was cigarettes but right, i had enough. to fight tooth and <clears throat> nail to get people to stop saying that in chat i had to fight tooth and nail to get it to where to get it to where just people to where i had to fight tooth and nail to open up the conversation on that yeah. because at the time that we were having these conversations it wasn't as it wasn't there was less understanding on it and there was less visibility on it you know this is before sonic like i i would say this is maybe before sonic fox really started impacting the community Even, like that's i'm gonna gonna pump the brakes on that one like because i agree with you like these things weren't really forward in conversations moderation wasn't taking any turns to to stamp out words or language like that but even before all of that, like just the existence of that happening in a chat, even if I'm not someone who says those words, it sets it or like would be offended by the use of that word. It sets a tone that is, Oh, this is what this place is about from an outsider perspective where I might not even have, I might not even have an opinion of it, but as soon as I see that as an outsider, I'm like, Oh, this is, 
this is what this place is for. And now I have that in my mind because I'm, I'm not going to be there 100% of the time. I'm not going to see the, the evolution of conversations. It's just going to see, like, that's the statement that's being made by this type of language being allowed to exist uh, in this space. And, I, like, I'll give you an idea of, like, my mindset, especially with that. And naturally, I will say that I have not changed this mindset very much. And it's just become more widely accepted is that when the, at the time I was modding and when I was looking specifically at the use of this word, one, I was living with a trans person who I, I understood the connotations of what this word meant. And I also understood that prior to living with this person, I did not have those connotations. So I understood that I had to be a, on the moderator side, I had to be a bridge to help people understand these topics. And then on the front-facing moderator side, like I had to, I had to look at what we, I had to look at what we stood for, and I had to look at like what we were, and make these calls. Right. And I, I had support, like I, for the most part, I had support. We had conversations about the severity of it, which, like I said, I don't begrudge anyone. I don't think anyone on that staff is a bigot. And I, I will staunchly defend that belief. I think there are some people who just come from different times and who aren't as plugged in as I am, and that's okay. Things change and people change, and how we look at things changes. Here, but, here's my turn of phrase. Instead of saying bigot, is that they make decisions which can negatively impact uh, groups of minorities or people of minority. I, 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 we'll roll with that. I, I think that's a better way to say it. It's a much softer I, way of saying it. It is, <laughs> because... it is a softer way of saying of saying it. And like, I don't think the worst I would say is someone on is people on that staff maybe didn't know, and that's you know, back in 2017, 2018, like we were, at least from it, like those conversations were still being fleshed out in right. the context of the FGC, like. Outside of the FGC, there is a far different conversation going on and how we handle those words and how online discourse was handled at that time. But isolating it specifically in the FGC, which is, frankly, as much as I love this scene, it is socially behind in a lot of things. And like trying to get some concepts through is a pain in the ass. Yeah, it's one of you those know. things where it's... Hmm, I don't know if I entirely agree with that because there are areas of progressiveness that I think are far ahead of a lot of other communities. Certainly I don't the, the size of other communities. They have that. They had, it's a, like a size problem uh, with other communities. Whereas with the FGC, there, there are pockets of really, really good spaces. Let's say very, very healthy spaces. Okay. So I do want to clarify. I absolutely agree with you. There are some things that the FGC does very well. I, I knew that you would. I'm just kind of, again, yeah. housing what you're saying. In, Agreed. In no, 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 no. I, I, I think you and I are generally, I think you and I are generally like probably yeah. in the same ballpark of, of thought on this one. Yeah. I, like I'm saying that I agree with you. I'm just, yeah. like, the thing I will say about the FGC is there is still a very stubborn, a very stubborn contingent that kind of comes along with the hit with the FGC being like, just the way that the FGC was right. That just kind of the idea of changing some of these things is very hard to get through to them. Mm -hmm. 
and we are still having those conversations and we are there's still like it is a factor that we have to deal with it is centered around like how we talk about stream monsters and how we talk about online presence there are parts of this scene from just how old it is and the way that it used to be that are deep rooted in a certain way of thinking that we are still working on and that is for as much good as we do and we do a lot it is something we have to be cognizant of right i think something that you touched on there that just from a moderator's perspective is that teaching someone or educating someone on how something can negatively impact a certain group of people uh takes a lot of energy takes a lot of time takes it takes a lot out of you it's it's emotional work it's emotional stress it's it, it is sometimes physical stress physical work to get someone to understand this you and, and it is just physically impossible to have that conversation with literally everyone who you are moderating with it's also can't really be considered your job to be the one who educates people but to your point you it's kind of on you to educate the people who are in a position to moderate in a position to make decisions like what is allowed and what isn't allowed if you like teach them like here's the history of this here's how this impacts this community here's the negative impacts like getting that information out there is important but on a person-to-person basis which is what honestly like we tried to do that back in the day and it's it's just it's too fucking exhausting you you can't do it it absolutely is and like i'm i'm very guilty of like putting that weight on myself like yeah, you want to have that fight, you know? Like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. Like, <laughs> just knowing that someone is, like, staunchly, nah, it's cool for, for me to to say say this slur. We, we good. It's like, ah, no, no. no. <laughs> like, I, I get it. Absolutely not. And, like, at the other side of that, too, and it's just, this is a uniquely place from who I am as a person. Like, I am, I do identify as queer. I, I am a straight-passing like I am a straight passing white person. I am kind of schlubby and I am very approachable. You know, and the way that you said that, I'm like, yeah, you pass as white. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so to give you, just to give you context, like, like my, I'm like, yeah, bro, you white as fuck. <laughs> I am. And it's, so just to give you an idea, my wife is, my wife is Palestinian. And one of her favorite things to do is to around her family who are very Arab is to grab is to like take my arm and pull my sleeve back and go hey everyone look at this look at this idiot and just show them my <laughs> pale ass arm uh, <laughs> look at this skin tone i haven't seen that one i bet this <laughs> fucking idiot i bet he gets sunburned <laughs> <laughs> that that's it's like look at this man he he can't handle spices <laughs> <laughs> and so Anyway, we've cleaned the bathroom just for you. Anyway, here's dinner. (laughs) Here's dinner. (laughs) Eat it slowly. (laughs) Uh. So, you know, I, I am in a very unique opportunity where I am approachable and I have friends who it isn't, who are dealing with enough. I have people in my life who are just trying to survive and it's not their place to explain this shit to people who don't know. Right. Meanwhile, I'm very lucky with 
who I was and how I was born. I am comfortable with who I am and I know who I am. And because of that, I have to be the one to put a foot forward and bridge that gap. It is a position that I see that is very important to me and it is something that I am very... I am very emotionally resonant on like I if you want to talk to me if you have questions about what it's like if you if you are struggling to understand why this is bad and what the connotations of this are if you come to me in good faith I will have a conversation with you and I will do my best to give you a better understanding of I will do my best to give you a better understanding of what what people like me and what people who have things far worse than I do are going through so that we can build that empathy and we can work together to better things. Okay. I do I do not have patience for someone who wants to come and start shit about it. But if you meet me in the middle, then I will meet you at 75%. That's not how percentages work. Uh, Don't that kind of... you start your shit. <laughs> That kind of reminds me of a, I can't remember who to, to attribute this quote to, uh, but, it, and can't remember it word for word. So this will go well. Uh, but in, in the fight for justice, uh, we can't all fight all of the time and need to rely on our brothers and sisters to hold each other up when we can't fight. So carrying the emotional baggage is kind of all of our it can be all of our problems. Some people you just have, you can like, I'm not saying that you should, or like putting anyone saying like, you should be out there fight. Like, no, if you can't, it's not your job, but also like we kind of all have to do work to move forward. Anyway, that's kind I, I, I of do, an aside to what yeah, you were saying. But. That That is. And I, I agree with you. Like we can't like you have, like we have to, for those of us who have, and this is a general, like, this is one of the things I have maybe gotten called an SJW over. But for those of us who benefit from privilege, it is our moral responsibility to build and support those who do not have it. And in the fight for equality, we have to fight for them to get it as well. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. And kind of another thing, I don't think I've said this into a microphone, but like, social justice warrior used as a derogatory term i've never understood that like fighting for justice how is that i don't know like because like i always think of like well what's the opposite of that like <laughs> i'm a, a socialist i'm a social injustice defender right is yeah. that like the i mean i get it like words don't have exact meanings but like in my mind i'm always like is that Oh, that's the side. That, like, if you're gonna pick sides, you're gonna pick. All right. I never. I don't. I don't get it. But sure, whatever. Whatever, bro. All right. <laughs> yeah. I've got, I've got maybe some more choice words for that for those sorts of people, but this ain't that po kind of podcast. No, no, no. I, I, I get it. I, I get it. <laughs> and um, I, had, I've already had to like catch myself from getting real spicy as it's, as we have been here. So. No, I understand that because like tales of moderating is like there are certain people and certain things that come up where you're just like, this wasn't right. Like the specifically this person wasn't right. And like history shows this person wasn't right. 
Yeah, and I mean, there's definitely some things that I have my very tense sticking points on. There's a couple of things within the community who are people that I have personally had to deal with and ban and had to clean their shit up after who Mm -hmm. get very nice words from stream commentators. And I'm just like, motherfucker. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I, I, and you know, and that's, that kind of leads into like the big part of that is just like the challenges of like handling that life balance and handling like how I, how I look at things and how I look at people. Cause one of the things that I went through, so I, I resigned as a mod multiple times. Like I, I turned my badge, and my gun in, took a little bit of break of it, thought I was well enough to come back, did it for a little bit longer and then just hit a point where I'm done. I can't, I can't take this anymore. Mm-hmm. And I should have quit sooner because the things I did after I was a mod. So one of the things about new challenger and it's very specific and like, I think it's part of the system that really works is, and it's something that I did to myself and there, you know, things have changed since then is that a lot of the mods came from the coaching staff and the coaching staff is held to a higher standard and they should be because they are, they are people in the community who are trusted and to build that trust, you have to act and behave a certain way. It's just the societal construct that we live in. And so there was always, as a mod, a little bit of how much of this is, how much of my actual self can I let in, and how much of I am a community leader and I need to stand for, and like I need to be that community leader, do I rein in? And that is that is definitely one of the harder balances that I've had to maintain. And that's that's the that's partially the nature of the beast, and that's partially like I maybe took that a little bit further than I should have. Because when I quit modding, and the last thing I did before I quit modding was ban someone who was a real fucking problem in our community. And then I quit. And one, that was, I should have given that a few days to air out because that looked really bad. And two, the way I acted in the aftermath of both the times where I resigned was I should have taken a little bit of time away. Because the when you keep a part of yourself at bay when you try to present something and when you try to keep parts of your self locked away because you have a certain position to uphold when you're allowed to let loose and especially when you're let loose with a lot of built up negative emotion you are you're operating at like 125% so the person that was there was certainly who Seth was at the time but it was a burnt out, stressed out, and just kind of bitter person. Ultra you know, instinct. I'd... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I, like I said, like one of the things I knew and I caught myself was the one of the people I was talking about earlier, the one that I specifically know that I let get to it, the one that I let get to to be a, the one that I should have put my foot down way earlier than I did. You know, I remember that I was trying to, I was trying to help someone and getting shit talked for it. And so I wrote, I wrote probably like a thousand words on just a pop off. 
Like, it was one of those moments where I explicitly knew I am saying the meanest shit that I can because I want to hurt you. And I stopped myself. And I, I talked to people. And I caught myself. And I joke about it a little bit now because that's what you do for bad parts of your life. You laugh at them in order to make them more palatable and to downplay their negative effect on you. But... I I kind of took some time away after that and I did kind of I did go back from being a highly stressed out version of myself to the version of myself that you see now. And that was I I quit being a mod because it affected my mental health and I was struggling with depression and anxiety. And I've always struggled with depression and anxiety. But the constant pressure and the constant negativity of being in this role and trying to do something that I thought was the right thing and just getting slapped around for it, it really, it, it took a lot out of me. And I, you know, I, I, <laughs> I I'm, I'm going to be a little bit real here for a second. And like, I, as someone who has, who has had to have very important conversations with therapists and with medical professionals and with my loved ones about my mental well-being i was at a point where i had written where i had written like this thousand word like takedown of someone and i needed to stop and i needed to be stopped and that was that's that's my story and the fucked up thing is like i'm no one and i'm very cognizant of that like i'm not carolyn dow i'm not michael martin i'm not Yoshinori Ono dealing with some fuckhead uh, silver player telling them about how this game has failed them. Like, I'm, I'm just a dude. Right. And I'm not paid for this. And my struggles are so much less than the people who, even though they are paid, don't deserve what they get. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's like my personal nightmare story. That's like the part of me that when I talk about the parts and the decisions I made that I am not proud of, that is the thing, like it is not, it is not the, the thing that keeps me up the night at most. And when I think about this, the most is just like the person I let myself become. And I, I think about that a lot and it's definitely affected the, it's affected the perception of how I carry myself in the scene and how I look at the scene and there's still bits and pieces of that left in me. There's still bits and pieces of me that look at, that see parts of our community. I'm just like, oh, fuck off. This is like, it's just, this is all these things that like, we're seriously still fucking talking about this. We're still seriously yeah. like having this conversation. And, you know, I think. It seems like every three years we have the same, maybe not even three years, maybe the cycle's even faster than that now. Like we have the same arguments and it's like, I thought this was solved. But it just turns out that no, uh, people have not figured it out. People in charge of these spaces have not figured it out. But it, it's good to so like that actually is something that, that that you did that is actually recommended by some people. Of, I mean, you intended to send the letter, but it's like you write a letter to the person who is who has wronged you uh, as nastily as you can. And then you put it in the drawer, you burn that letter, you can't, you don't send it. A lot of people have sent that letter. But it can, I have, 
in certain situations in my past that aren't this i have sent that letter and i have done that thing and boy fuck yeah but writing out those ideas and then reading them at a later date can have a and this isn't just me speaking this is like people have like people who are smarter than me have said this uh, it can be a therapeutic process of being able to process your anger or grief or whatever it is that you're you're dealing with with someone else because something you always have to consider is that uh, you can very easily turn into the bad guy of someone else's story even if in your mind you are doing the right thing oh yeah no like i you're right and like there are some people like there are a lot of people who when you ask them who Seth series is like hey they don't know because who the fuck am i <laughs> there are some people who are like yeah he's a cool dude and then there's i know i can name at least three people right now in this community who think that i'm a monster and I, I, that's my fault all right well with online moderation specifically discord moderation is there anything else that you would want to speak to before we move on i think that's i think i've like really i i hope that by like talking about this and by like us having this discussion like people understand a you know treat your moderating staff well they they're doing their best and they're not paid and we're trying not paid do it all on volunteer work in addition to probably having a job uh, oh, yeah. have I, to I, deal I, with your 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 bullshit listener your bullshit uh get you that for I, doing good things for the community I, I i can tell you before i came in to record this with you i went through a seven hour day of work or eight hour <laughs> day of work then drove home in an hour of traffic so yep. like and like i said in comparison to some of the wonderful people in this community like carolyn and michael and shit man oh no does not deserve what he has gotten like my bullshit is so minuscule there okay there are things that i have a neg this is just like me being real i have a negative opinion on ono and his role in let's say moving a lot of that shit in front of other people shoveling it oh. to people who don't deserve it. He he's done a lot of passing the buck when when things go go south. There's uh, there are obviously some things that as a fucking idiot on the internet I am not privy to. All I know is that I have taken a look at responses to things he has said and seen a deluge of some fucking bullshit. Oh yeah, like you know things that you know that Street Fighter itself has made a statement when people just be racist for no fucking reason. Oh, that's yeah. that's when you know the the discourse is out. <laughs> yeah. No, and I obviously like Ono is probably not a saint, but at the same time like I don't think anyone really deserves kind of the garbage that gets thrown at the Capcom employees. There's rifle criticism and there are conversations that necessarily need to be had, but there's a lot of people in this community. And I, I listened to I listened to the episode with Perfect Legend as yeah. kind of a primer for this because I had a feeling that if I was talking about community, I should probably talk about community. I should probably listen to some community focused episodes. You know, and there's just there are some people who aren't here to have a friendly conversation, and there are some people here who are not here to talk in good faith 
Yeah, I think that that is a, if we're going to talk about actionable things with moderation is one, be sure to educate your team on the issues. Uh, Two, uh, being, what did you just say? Wait a minute. Uh, being able to <laughs> just had like a total like you said being something able that to identif- <laughs> yeah, being identify- able to identify the be being able to identify good faith actors and bad faith actors true two being able to identify bad faith arguments uh, and three taking direct and quick action go hard and fast on toxic behavior because allowing it to come back later sends a message to the rest of the community that this is maybe not okay for now, but maybe okay later. And it's a, it's a very, I slapping a wrist. Yeah. Slapping a wrist on someone sets a precedent of like, I want to look good in front of certain people, but also punish people who are bigots. It doesn't, It doesn't, you can't appeal to racism. You can't appeal to sexism while trying to stomp it out at the same time. It doesn't work that way. And like someone's going to call me, someone's going to sit here and say that I'm virtue signaling, that I'm out here trying to be like, ah, I'm better than you because I told you not to call someone, not to call someone a homophobic or racial or transphobic slur. I'm above all of you. And in actuality, it's no, quit being a fucking asshole. I've, I actually thought about that particular argument today of, well, maybe not argument, but the idea of virtue signaling in that I actually think that sometimes it, it can be, it can come across that way. And especially, especially when it is leaders of communities who are saying things and making certain decisions that are that might seem on its face that they disagree with certain types of behavior but then you look at like the history of choices that they made and the the continuation of decisions that like ways that they run their community where it's like well actually their actions speak differently from what they're saying that they disagree with here so what's what's actually the truth here uh like that could be misconstrued as like that in my opinion is actually like bad virtue signaling versus when you're doing moderation it is not it's not virtue signaling because you're not you have nothing to gain by you have nothing to gain personally by stomping out bigotry let's say the the way i feel about it is you can I generally believe this. You can tell a difference between someone who makes a change because they think that they are serving their community right, and you can see a difference between someone who makes a change because the community is beating their door down. And I kind of, I kind of also want to make a distinction here to say that, like, I'm not necessarily sure if it's a bad thing if it's if it's the other way, because like if. If you try to make thing your community more diverse because it gets more people in the door and makes you more money, I there's a part of me that's like I can't I can't hate that decision, but also like don't sell women a p- 
pink version of something that costs more maybe i don't know like, like I, you know, the it, way it, I, the way i look at it is just like how well like the level of care they put into it and like the actual actions themselves yes exactly because that, uh, again that wraps if, back if, around like, what i was saying earlier yeah, yeah. yeah. Like if you say that this is how you feel and it's apparent that like you're doing this because people forced you and you're kind of half-assing it, you know, it's what you, you are what you are and I don't necessarily want to fuck with you, but you know, Hey, you tricked some people to believe in you could do it. And that's real special. I think I saw someone, I can't remember what it was in reference to, but it was on the the hiring of a it was like a company had made a like i don't know the specifics here so i'm going to be like speaking in <laughs> this isn't going to have like any weight behind it but a company with a uh, a woman as the ceo had made a decision that was that was sexist against women and the company pointed to but our ceo is sexist but if your CEO has the opinion of like the culture that created that sexism, then it doesn't matter. Like it, it can, it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything, right? It's just like a, it, it, it's not a show of, of strength there. It's not a show of, it's there's a no show action. of privilege. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's, no it's, there. it's that person is in a place where, their privilege has elevated them above these issues and they are perfectly comfortable. They are perfectly comfortable being used as a tool of oppression and it's. They're above the repercussion, the repercussions of their actions. Let's say. Absolutely. They, uh, they, and with, <laughs> they are wielding their privilege negatively. And with discord moderation, ain't nobody above rep repercussions of their actions oh, no. that shit gets you, you feel that heat coming around the corner but all oh. right we need we need we need to move on we do need uh, to move on i but i'm i am very happy that we have had the conversations that we have had and actually have action I have, items. yes right. actually have action items and wow both times i have shown up on your podcast it has turned into this wild and crazy conversations <laughs> That happens, man. Persona's it a does. good game, but it anyway, is a good game. Build them, build them social links. Okay, yeah. I'm actually going to do because we are running up on time. I'm I'm going to do quick hits on. Here's the news, and now choo, 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 the news uh, at, at the news at nine. Choo, 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 choo. Is that the news sound? I, I don't know. That's <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Action news with. Joe Monday and Seth series. My news sound is like a railgun going. Choo, 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 choo. It's it's that kind of of sound. It's a oh, so you're just, mowing you're just down at, like, the masses. You're the Terminator drums. Yeah, yeah. Or like I just leveled up in Call of Duty. Here's the fucking news. Choo, 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 choo. Yeah, um, that that real sick percu like that percussion and like palm muted guitars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chunk, 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 chunk. Here's the news. I just dropped a grenade. Uh, anyway, uh, but here's the news. Uh, <laughs> the we got more details on the Olympics. Uh, I, my man, <sighs> man, my guy. I thought for sure that they, them leaving in, that it will be a LAN event at these live at the like the 
not like the qualifying finals, but they weren't lying. That wasn't a mistake. Laying at the live events, my friend. Yeah. Uh, that's that's bad. Also, it's single eliminations bad. for the open qualifier, but eight people move on from open qualifiers, and there's between two and eight qualifiers per region. Oh man! Uh, but okay, so not... be re- so be real with me. Who's your who's your meme CFN player that's getting through the fucking Olympics? Because I've got mine. Oh, uh, it here's here's this goes into my next bit. Uh, you name your the person who is on your team la- who goes last Gryffindor, so that after like people get oh one point for this person, one point earned by this person. At the end of it, when your anchor wins and they get the two points, you can say, "But two points for Gryffindor." <laughs> and I I like that. If your anchor is named Gryffindor. Because, hey, you know what's good about team tournaments is fucking around the points because who gives a fuck, right? Don't make any match matter except for the oh. one match, which is like by chance you rolled the dice and this person's <laughs> anchor happens to be a different player than you expected. And fuck it, man. Team cop. I- you guys, here's how the team tournament works. Kind of. Oh, God. Is that the first two matches, the winners, the team winner gets one point, but the third match, you get two points. And you you play till someone team gets three points. Why is it worth two points? Why is it worth two points? Two points for right. Gryffindor. Okay, uh, so real, real talk. Who's your meme fighter? Who is your CFN legend that's your, that's your Gryffindor? Who is it? I gotta know. Uh, I don't know. I blame I blame Rushdown. Whatever happens, though, blame Rushdown. That's <laughs> what, what I'll say. Whatever kind of evil and scumbaggery comes out of this, uh, I blame that man. He is a menace to society. Uh, yes. He must be stopped. What about you? Had do you have something in mind? Uh, first off, um, Rushdown is a coward. I only stand Randy Magnum, and I want that on the record. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but personally, I have I have Mogo as the as the Olympic champion. That man is so bold as to move forward with EX Tenko, and by God, like I respect it. <laughs> Jesus, all right. Uh, and also, yeah, qualifiers are online, and also you can't use the grid because of fucking course you can't use the grid because they because oh. you know. Here's the thing. When when people are like, oh, I can't believe it's no grid. It's like, my guy, that's been like an online ranking event CPT rule for years until people actually read the rules like last year and were like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> it's like, you guys, it's been there the whole time. You're oh, just, you, you know, you didn't read you the rules. sons of bitches. <laughs> anyway, the Olympics is lame as fuck and it's a corrupt thing anyway, so who really gives a fuck? ESL, yeah. good job, guys. You did it. Good job. All right, moving on. Personally, uh, I'm only competing <laughs> so that I can go to the Olympic Village. Oh, yeah, and like get party for and, three days yeah. straight. Bone down, man. Like, that's the <laughs> the Olympic Village. Very well known. Because, like, no cameras in there. You can't get in there. No press. Uh, and the only thing that's coming in is just, like, a truckloads and truckloads of condoms. It is people working at their, their peak physicality, their peak mental, and they've got some stress that they need to blow off. And, man, I'm... No, here's what here's what you name your your CFN name. Uh, Trojan horse is, is what <laughs> that's, that's what we'll do. Uh, but 
All right. Man. No, no. Yeah. That's enough Olympics. That, that is enough Olympics. I'm so glad that my wife is not here to hear the bullshit you and I are saying. CPT cancellations, <laughs> uh, which is actually like a real thing. So it's CPT yeah. cancellations uh, and one event cancellation. Uh, Brussels challenge was canceled. Uh, I don't know exactly if it was canceled by like they talked to the government and they were the government was like, hey, we advise this to like no mass area of people congregating uh, right now because of the coronavirus. Uh, I don't know uh, whether that's the case. That could be the case, but it was with a heavy heart that they had to announce that the event was canceled. Uh, But on the CPT, these events aren't canceled. But the CPT portion of it, like these are no longer CPT events, uh, NorCal regionals and April Annihilation in terms of those are the premieres that are. Oh, wait, no, those are regionals. Those are no rankings. Those are ranking events. So Brussels Challenge is a premier event. NorCal regionals and April Annihilation are ranking events. So that's one out of seven premieres and two out of nine ranking events in the first half of the pro tour that are, that are not on the first half of the pro tour, which if you've read the rules, eight players are advancing through points, but also we have no idea what the point allocations are for premieres or ranking events. So again, who gives a fuck about any of this stuff? It's, it's the beginning of March. We don't know what the points allocations are. We don't know yet. We, uh, we don't. And, like, I'll tell you, it's super frustrating, too, because my wife and I have been planning our honeymoon for the Japan premiere. Yeah, when are you going to travel? What are you going to do? Like, what's the, what's like, the we're waiting. situation? We've been waiting on that. And, like, at this point, I, I looked at her and I told her the other day, I was just like, you know what? Let's just We're just going to go to Japan in September and whatever happens, happens. I mean, go to Japan. It's pretty fucking dope. But we're and, both really excited <laughs> and have fun. It'll be rad, uh, but also it'd be nice to know. Uh, but yeah, also no news on World Warrior challenges. That's a bummer. Uh, the only other bit of news is that Glenn, the game talk, the game 2K on Twitter.com and also game 2K. If you just that's just the website. Uh, his new book is out fighting with numbers. Uh, I have not read it yet. But I intend to, and I tend to have Glenn on the show to have the conversation and pitch the book, as if he's like going. It's Glenn's book tour. It's coming, coming around 2020. Uh, I'm looking forward to. Have you read the book yet? I have not. I sell me. You know what? Sell me on what this book is because I've not heard of it, and I'm sure there are some people in this audience who have not either. Okay, so he has released a. He is a statistician who keeps track of all kinds of things uh, and then quantifies it and relays the message of what the numbers are saying to the layman like myself. Uh, So last year's book, he was very staunchly on just one of the many bullet points that he made was that the way that you should run your event is winners, finals, losers, semis, losers, finals, grand finals. Uh, because of the way that the order works, where if you flip it around and do losers semis, winners finals, losers finals, the loser of winners finals is almost guaranteed to lose in losers finals. But given the opportunity to have a break, have a match in between, and then go back to compete, it is much more even in terms of the odds of it having a negative impact on their play. So that's just how things have changed. And I think there was only like one event that was run uh, opposite than it should have. Uh, 
this past year. So that is like, that's good. We still, it's that I think most people have, it's, we all agree that this is the way to do it. He also did a lot of research on like Cammy as a character and that she needs buffs, buff Cammy 2020. That's my platform sticking to it. Um, but it just, it relays a lot of that information in like, again, that was just one of the many points that he made that like, he had the data on and was like, here's just the numbers. Here's, or like, here's where people did good in a best of five situation versus a first to two. So what's really better? Is it first to five or, 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 or not first to five, but best of five or best of three? Does that really matter? If we did a whole tournament in best of five, does, do the, do the numbers matter here? Uh, and what players does it matter? Who benefits more? Uh, and kind of laid that all out in some like really easy to understand. And like, I, I would say like, if you plan on commentating anything ever, uh, for street fighters specifically, uh, one, you have to follow him and the stats that he keeps. Cause he's got all the numbers, but also read the book to like be informed of like, Oh, here's actually what like could happen here. Uh, you know how like poker players know the percentages it's like having in the back of your mind of like, Oh, here's like the percentage here of what's going to happen. And like being confident in saying that because there's the data back it up. Uh, so that's my pitch on the fighting with numbers series, uh, which I recommend everybody read and pick up, uh, read along with, we'll have a, a book tour, uh, but he'll be on the show eventually. Anyway, that's all the news that we have for, for today. I just prestiged. Uh, other than that though, Seth, thank you for coming on the show. I cannot let you go though, without answering the, the, the line of questioning. I ask everybody as they appear on the show I can really tell a lot about a person It comes in two parts. Uh, part one, what is your favorite combo in any fighting game and why? So my favorite combo in, wait a minute. Well, I'm, that's not how this question starts. I've asked this question. Hold the fucking phone. I have asked this question. <laughs> hundreds of times now and this is the first time i fucked it up this week has i've been fucked up in the head man i have no i like during last week's tournament i was looking at someone's name visually looking at it and i said and like said another one as the stream was looking at it with me i had it highlighted and everything and i was like ah obviously this is the case i was gonna say like you're slipping joe uh me and me and eric lost an entire podcast Oh yeah, that you recorded two podcasts. <laughs> I am recording that much. I know, uh, but it is also the second time we started recording right. this podcast. Anyway, because uh, you weren't an hour oh, in. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Putting uh, Nogurimi on blast when he doesn't deserve it. Week, but... I do need to check up on him. I gotta send him a text later. But hmm. anyway, the question is actually, <laughs> what is your favorite normal attack in any fighting game? Uh, uh, so my favorite normal in any fighting game is con- is it's kanji it's it's one of kanji tatsumi's normals in persona 4 arena i cannot think of the exact like weird anime notation of it i'm pretty sure it's but it's the one where he just starts screaming at you and the actual like hitbox of the move is a is a uh comic bubble that just says you want some (laughs) it's real good you want some yeah you want some and it's just got real weird combo potential off of it, and you can do some goofy stuff with it. That's a, by the way, P4A is a good game. That's God's game, and every day we don't play it, we stray further from the light. <laughs> very, very good. Along with that, though, uh, 
what is your favorite combo in any fighting game? So this kind of shifts around a little bit. Uh, last time I said it was a very specific Cody uh, Cody V Trigger Two combo. Mm-hmm. Right now, you know, I've been playing that Grand Blue and oh. Ladiva, my girl Ladiva, who says trans rights and choke slams people. She's got a really, uh, just a really disgusting anti-air combo that starts with like a shoulder, and then you carry someone from screen from side to side on the screen, mm-hmm. and then you power bomb them. And so it's Ladiva two H, um, two one four two one four uh, medium, um, five as like f- uh, five medium, uh. EX two or two one four EX, uh, five medium again, and then you can either do super or you can do EX EX air grab, and you either do a really sick power bomb drop kick or you just scoop them out of the sky and give them the elbow. And that character's great. That character's so good. It's a beautiful game. It's a beautiful game. It's, I have not picked it up yet uh, because the US release just happened uh but you can only get physical copy us as of uh the march 3rd which was yesterday as of this recording yes Uh, i can't remember when the digital will be available but it's like sometime in like a couple weeks or something like that Um, uh the pc the pc version is out on the 13th i think you can actually get the game digital now not through like a hong kong account yeah i got it you can people have been doing that i'm not the only thing I'm going to go crazy for and get like different, like a Japanese account or a Hong Kong account for it is PSO2. Uh, even though that game is finally, do that anymore. <laughs> you don't have to do that anymore, which is like, I don't know. That's a fucking weird. It's a weird world that we live in that that game Listen, Joe, in um, the year 2020 uh, got a U.S. release like fully. Tra- it's just fucking with my head, man. Uh, Listen, Joe, I'm, I'm going to make this offer on air where I can be held to it. You know, I, I won a copy of that game for the U.S. If you want to mess around with Grand Blue, I will gladly let you have access to my Hong Kong account so you can choke slam people to your heart's desire. <laughs> Word. Uh, choke slam Hong Kong style. All right. That's yeah. a show, folks. Uh, <laughs> Seth, where can people find you on the Internet? You can find me on twitch.tv, at Twitter, and on YouTube at Seth Series MKII. Brick. You can also find Brick. me locally on Chicago's on the Chicago Monday Fighting Game Locals at twitch.tv slash bgcalisto. And finally, because I was told very specifically to do this next bit, first off, I would like to call Ryan St. Cole Collins out <laughs> for being a bitch. And I also would like to tell everyone that if you are in the Midwest FGC and you are looking to level up and grow, please reach out to Classico on Twitter to get access to the Chicago Fighting Game Discord. Oh, yeah. I saw that floating around today. Uh, It's like been growing a lot, too. We are always looking to grow our scene and grow the Midwest. We have, I don't know if I, I have not mentioned it, but we have a clothing line that goes to sponsoring stronger Midwest players called the Midwest Movement. If you've seen someone on a stream with a big chillin' t shirt, it's probably one of our guys. Word. That's cool. I didn't know that. I'll have to hit that up. Can I get that link? I will gladly get that link for you. That way you can post in the show notes. Word. Uh, the 
Brick, where can people find you on the internet? Bork. He's saying he's saying the, the R Street Fighter Instagram account, which I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, that's that's the only follow him on Twitter at let it sf on on twitter.com. Uh, I, listen, R Street Fighter has an Instagram account and I'll post like highlights from the from the weekly uh, like I do on not with the same regularity as I do on Twitter because I can't like schedule posts for it. At least I don't know how to, uh, cause I'm fucking stupid. But because of that, I just post brick picks. So if you want, I if you want the hottest, pick. if you want to see the hottest brick picks, I'll, uh, you know, I'll post that Instagram, whatever it is in the show notes. And so I for those looking for loud here, for those looking for the Midwest movement on Twitter, you can follow them at Midwest M V M N T. And if you want to get a big chillin' or a Midwest Movement branded shirt or hoodie for yourself, you can get that at MidwestMovementApparel.com. That is MidwestMovementApparel.com. I'm down for it. Uh, all right. Uh, you can find me at Super Joe Monday. That's the show, folks. Thank you for joining us. Uh, catch us every Thursday-ish. Uh, I've been saying ish lately, but I'm like kind of back on schedule. So you can... It's probably going to be on Thursday. Uh, that's a show. Don't forget about the tournaments. Uh, Monday night on the East Coast and the Round Robin. Friday night for the West Coast. Uh, and Saturday, Sunday-ish for the EU, depending on how they're feeling that week. Uh, all right, folks. That's a show. Until next time, take care. Have a good night, everybody.